Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Balance of Nature helps every single person, no matter if they're athletic, no matter if they're young, if they're old. And for me, after retiring, I started taking Balance of Nature, and I've never felt better in my life. And I've been trying to make myself feel good for 40 years now. Balance of Nature is not a supplement. It's not in addition to our health. It's the foundation to our health. It's the foundation to your life to have 10 servings of fruits and vegetables every day. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code KATE. We wish we had enough crayons to explain this, but more government does not make you more free. The Kate Daly Show starts now. That's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. And, and Americans, are they panic easily. So now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous, and it goes to ridiculous lengths in prisons. Before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. <laughs> Kate Daly Show. How you doing? How you doing today? <laughs> well, I welcome you. And, uh, and thank you for listening in because to me it means that you love this country, that you're noticing what's happening to it, that you're abhorred about what's happening to it. And, you know, I know a lot of people out there uh, that continue to say, well, um, I don't talk politics. I don't get into all that. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, that's not my thing. I don't, I don't like confrontation. I don't, uh, I don't do politics. I don't, uh, engage in that kind of talk. (laughs) Um, you're not invested in what happens to you and your family. You're don't care. You're not curious. You know, uh, I can't imagine not being curious about what happens uh, to you and uh, to you and your family. I can't imagine that. Can you? Um, No, but I do have a guest um, that, of course, uh, can imagine that. And I'm going to bring this guest on. uh, Jonathan M. Word, how are you? Just fine. How are you? Excellent. Uh, we are live right now, and uh, I've invited you on to talk a little bit about Biden's uh, vaccine mandate. Um, will sink into a legal quagmire, and I'd love more details on this because, as I was just saying on the show, there's a lot of people out there that say, "I don't do politics. I don't want to talk about politics." And I'm thinking, you don't care what happens to you and your family. Uh, that's yeah, you have to do politics in this day and age to understand what, what's going on. But further than that. 
we don't have an understanding of the Constitution. We don't understand um, how it's being violated. And and there are so many things about what's going on right now. Last time I checked, we are still Americans and we still uh, have a Constitution. You are a constitutional law attorney and author of The Authoritarians, The Assault on Individual Liberty, the Constitution, and Free Enterprise from the 19th Century to Present. So I welcome you to the show. Uh, thanks for coming on. You're quite welcome. All right. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about how this will sink into a legal quagmire. Everybody's worried about it right now. This is sort of on the top of everyone's radar right now as far as what's happening to us over here in this country. So I'd love for you to address all this. Well, uh, true to form, Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Biden has yet again taken a step that leads us into a, a contested legal environment where he most likely will lose uh, that has been his history to date. So we've had mm-hmm. uh, border issues that have been litigated and he's mm-hmm. lost. We've had the Remain in Mexico policy litigated he's lost. And we've had numerous other uh, um, instances where he has forced a legal issue. Uh, for example, his position on the on, on suspension of rent, uh, he lost mm-hmm. that. And this is another of these draconian dictatorial moves that uh, he's likely to lose. First, uh, the non-delegation doctrine, separation of powers-related issues are are pretty strong here. The President of the United States lacks the uh, constitutional authority under Article 2 to make law. As a consequence, he he's obliged to implement the laws made by Congress in Article 1. This is the creation for the first time in our history of a law that affects the entire nation and employment related to uh, COVID and testing. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he's going to rely on an emergency temporary standard through the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Mm-hmm. But he's admitted through his chief of staff, Ben Klain, that, quote-unquote, that's an ultimate workaround, unquote, uh, from, of the Constitution. So they're attempting overtly, again, wow. to avoid the constitutional limits on presidential power. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get into the weeds on this, um, there are two aspects of even this emergency temporary standard that he does not meet. In the first instance, in order to use it, the statute, uh, the OSHA Act, mm-hmm. requires him to show that the employees are exposed to a grave danger That means all of the employees affected, Mm -hmm. all 100 million of them. Mm. Uh, The problem is that a very large number of them are telecommuting. A -hmm. very large number of them have natural immunity. And and a large number of them work outside. And in all of these instances, there simply is inadequate scientific evidence to establish a grave danger to them. And then in the second instance, he has to show that it it is that his, his... proposal, this broad brush of proposal, is necessary to protect employees from that danger. And there are obvious less restrictive alternatives, Mm -hmm. such as telecommuting, um, that enable people in many instances not to be subject to this. Further, he has statutory restrictions on his power that he's completely ignoring. Title VII under the Civil Rights Act prevents him from discriminating against religion there are many people with religious scruples against vaccination, mm-hmm. and they should be protected in that under Title VII. He cannot discriminate against them in the law. 
and Title I of the American with, Americans with Di- uh, uh, Americans Disabilities Act um, would allow people who are immune compromised or otherwise highly vulnerable based on incurable disease mm-hmm. or conditions uh, to escape vaccination if that were a medical threat to their existence. So this is, uh, he's likely in the end, if he gets this at all, to see that it is a Swiss cheese type of rule that is more um, a case where exceptions riddle it rather Mm -hmm. than it being a a demand. And then his whole approach, of course, you don't slap someone in the face and ask them to be your friend. Um, He's asking the people who are not vaccinated to become vaccinated while he's condemning them and asking and inviting those who are vaccinated to join in with him Mm -hmm. in the condemnation of the unvaccinated. That's no way to build camaraderie. It's no way to unite the nation. Certainly no way to cause people who are unvaccinated to want to be vaccinated. Right, right. Because I, I doubt that they, I, those that have made up their mind have made up their mind pretty much now and are only looking at the force. And so that's what that's what we're all seeing. And uh, it's pretty evident. And, and of course, when he excluded federal judges, Congress, and their staffs, from having to get his own federal mandate? I have two questions. So obviously that that right there should tell people a lot about what we're uh, dealing with here and that there really is no threat because if it's dependent on what you do for a living, there's a problem. And the second thing is, um, is, is really about what he can get away with mandating in the federal specter. So, so a lot of people say, well, he can do that to fed people that work for the government. He has that right. What do you say to that? Well, um, first to your point about that this is politically cynical. It is indeed politically cynical. Mm-hmm. He's exempted the entire United States Post Office, as you point oh, out. Oh, yes, yes. That's Congress right. and the White House staff, mm-hmm. Congress and its staff. Um, and then, of course, there are all of the illegal aliens. Uh, that have come across the border that are entirely outside of this system. He does not intend on compelling them as a condition of entering the nation to be vaccinated. So there are literally uh, uh, hundreds of thousands here Mm -hmm. that are going to be allowed to enter this nation and uh, who are part of the postal employment Mm -hmm. of this country that are going to be entirely exempt. That's a cynical view when you're saying everyone has to be vaccinated. Um, and what was your, I'm sorry, I missed your second point. Um, the second one was people think he has a right to tell federal workers what to do, um, that he has that right to even, like when he came first came out and said all federal workers will do this. Did you want to speak to that? Yeah, um, he runs up against uh, the same kinds of problems. Uh, for example, under, under the Rehabilitation Act, the Americans with Disabilities Act Title I applies to the federal employees. So they likewise have this situation. He also has problems under the Fifth Amendment Equal Protection Clause. And while um, this is a technical term, suspect class, there Mm -hmm. is no suspect class, uh, which would entitle you to to very high scrutiny Um, in the case of the unvaccinated. It is nevertheless a distinction that invites um, uh, rational basis review. And in the case of federal employees who are um, immune because mm-hmm. they previously contracted the disease. They uh, have a strong rational basis argument under the Fifth Amendment equal protection component against this because it's it's entirely arbitrary 
people who are who have natural immunity, at least uh, most studies, including the the vast majority of studies, including the Israeli study, show that. Uh, they're about 13 times uh, mm-hmm. more protected. Their immune system is 13 times more protective against COVID-19 than people who have been vaccinated. Mm. So it makes absolutely no scientific sense. It's entirely it, irrational. Yeah, that's how we know it's not it's about health, health. <laughs> uh, in any, yeah. any shape or form. Um, and so uh, what was his reasoning for uh, saying that these p- specific jobs could opt out? If you're a congressman working for the post office or the federal judge, um, how are they? Uh, how are they, wh- What was the reasoning to being opted out? Was there any? There <laughs> I, is none. I, yeah, I didn't think there's so. There's none. This so. is typical of Joe Biden. I mean, he he offers no mm-hmm. in-depth explanation about anything. I mean, he's right. he's largely confused as to his temporal and spatial existence. I and know. So when he, it's just it's it's incredibly frustrating. This is a very complicated topic. It should be left between a doctor and a patient. Each person should come to their own conclusion. The government ought to be in the business of giving it people as much information as possible and allowing them to pursue their own self-interest. It ought not be in the business of denying people civil liberties and saying that you may only have civil liberties if you follow exactly Dr. Biden's uh, prescription for your life and health. Oh, amen to that. Um, we're going to go to a break in about 20 seconds, but I, I want to have you I want to have you stay on if you could. After the break, I want to talk about states, states' rights, Prince versus United States, New York versus United States. Um, we do have some some case precedent, precedent in this, and uh, not only that, but our Constitution and how the states operate. And so I want to talk to you about that, if you will. Uh, Jonathan M. Emford, is it M. Emford? Right? Emford. Seymoured. Emord. Emord. Well, I got that wrong. See, I'm known on the show for actually butchering everyone's names. <laughs> I really apologize. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're going to want to hear this, especially if you're dealing with this right now in your workplace. Be right back. Hi, everyone. It's Kate. I just wanted to mention my pillow. Dot com to you. You know, there's a lot of holidays and weddings and all kinds of things that we buy gifts for. And not to mention us. We buy things for ourselves. This is the best company for bedding. I mean, from everything from dog beds to pillows to sheets to towels to um, to stopping snoring. I mean, get the green pillow, get the blue pillow label from... Um, MyPillow.com. What an amazing company this is. And Mike Lindell is doing a heck of a job trying to inform everybody about the election fraud and actually have the proof there and show the the proof behind election fraud. Also, FrankSpeech.com. It's a censor-free Facebook. Go to MyPillow.com or you can call the number 800-873-1052. And make sure that you are ordering, put in the code Kate, get up to 40% off now. Oh my gosh, you guys, the products are that good. I'm telling you, I was shocked by them. I was seriously shocked. Make sure you support the show, Truth and Radio, Mike Lindell, and you're going to get great products. It's a great threefer. (laughs) Not a twofer, a threefer. Go to MyPillow.com and get up to 40% off right now. Do it. Thanks, you guys. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show.
welcome back to the show. You know I play that because no one's allowed to play it. Isn't that weird? Like everybody is sort of catering to cancel culture and catering to all these ridiculous things. And and uh, I remember it was a year or two ago that they were saying that radio stations couldn't play that. Uh, well, we'll play it. Um, so make sure you go over to MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com, and get the products everyone's raving about, I'm raving about. In fact, I'm a betting person, and these products were so off the charts amazing that I tell everyone about them off the air. Um, the down comforters, the my pillow pillows, the if you have a snore in the family, get the blue label or the green label, my pillow that's not even sold in stores. Um, this one's only on the website and it stops the snoring. And also uh, the sheets, the sheets are amazing. Everything right now, 66% off because he's delivering you the savings because so many stores were kicking him out because he was trying to expose the, the voter fraud, Mike Lindell, with his own money, by the way. Make sure you get over to MyPillow.com, but you have to use the code Kate, K-A-T-E. And I would order right now uh, for Christmas presents. These are wonderful things. Plus, you're already supporting Truth and Radio because we have partnered up and he wanted to help out Truth and Radio. So please, by all means, go to MyPillow.com and use the code word Kate, I, I really, really appreciate you doing that because it's really helping, really helping. And I also wanted to say I've got this guest, uh, Jonathan um, E. Mord. He's a constitutional law attorney and author of The Authoritarians, Their Assault on Individual Liberty, the Constitution and Free Enterprise from the 19th Century to Present. This just came out. You're going to want to get a copy of this. He goes through a lot of information on all the violations, on all the things that are happening right now and how to fight this. I welcome you back to the show. How are you? Great. I love hearing Kate Smith. I know, right? Fantastic woman. I know. We uh, will just play it all the time. What can I say? Um, so let's talk about uh, states' rights. Let's talk about also Jacobson versus Massachusetts. This is getting uh, tossed around quite a bit. And they and most people have the case wrong, by the way. I've read it. And most people don't get what it was actually about and say that it was about something else. But let's talk about states' rights first and the rights that states have. Okay. So... Um Historic, you know, the the federal government uh, under our Constitution is a a government of limited powers. Mm -hmm. The Constitution provides specifically delegated powers to the federal government, and under the Tenth Amendment reserves to the states and people all powers that are not delegated. Among those powers that have historically been recognized as those of the states are what are called police powers over health and safety and vaccination, as the Jacobson decision makes clear in its, in its uh, decision, uh, is one of those that falls within the police powers of the states. Now, while I think that Jacobson got the decision wrong under the 14th Amendment liberty provision, I nonetheless recognize that for present purposes, it, it does stand for the proposition, which is unassailed in our constitutional history, that the power to compel vaccination or to mandate it is an exclusive state power mm-hmm. and there is no comparable federal police power right so that means the states have uh, plenary jurisdiction and rights over that area and it also means conversely that if the states as several have determined um, that they will not uh, that they rule that they will not mandate vaccination that they they prohibit the mandating of it by state jurisdictions that must be respected against the federal government. Um, this will be argued uh, by the states and that have uh, prohibited vaccination. But 
if we are to be true to the Constitution and its plain and intended meaning, then we will protect this aspect of federalism, which will ensure that the states have the power mm-hmm. to uh, prohibit vaccination within their jurisdiction if they care to, as many have. Right. All right. And so let's talk about anti-commandeering doctrine. Prince versus United States prohibits the federal government from coercing the states to compel their employees to be vaccinated or tested weekly. And so we're all hoping our states are going to shore up and protect us. Um, Do you want to talk about Prince versus United States, their ability? They don't have the the feds do not have this ability to 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 make this agreement. And even under the EU, is that going to be challenged? The executive I'm sorry, the emergency order. Yeah, so um, uh, the anti-commandeering doctrine is an outgrowth of the Tenth Amendment, Mm -hmm. and it stands for the proposition, uh, somewhat narrow, that if if the federal government attempts to regulate the operation of the state, like, for example, here, this mandate that every employer of 100 or more Mm -hmm. We don't know the exact language of the order because it hasn't issued for Moshe yet. But if they presume that they can uh, regulate the states and compel the states that employ people to uh, require their employees to be vaccinated, then it would run afoul potentially of the anti-commandeering doctrine because the federal government would be in the business of regulating the state governments themselves and their employees, which is beyond, again, the powers of the federal government, assumption of state power over their Mm -hmm. own people. So that would be the effect of the anti-commandeering doctrine. As far as the uh, emergency order that's here, the emergency temporary standard, this thing is uh, meant to be used in only the rarest of circumstances. In fact, in six of the most recent cases dealing with OSHA use of the emergency temporary standard, courts have struck down the use of it by OSHA in four of the six circumstances. So it's, 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 it's viewed with skepticism under our precedent, and it should be. And in this instance, it, this would be an unprecedented use of it. And as we discussed, under the two elements that uh, you have to meet in order to justify it under the statute, the government has failed and will likely fail to make an adequate showing Mm-hmm. which means that it would be struck down. Now, usually, if it's not struck down, usually what has to happen under the statute, they have 60 days from the date they promulgate the emergency temporary standard to start a rulemaking in which they invite notice and comment under the Administrative Procedure Act. Mm-hmm. Uh And it'll be interesting to see what they do, whether they actually do proceed with a notice and comment rulemaking. But... I do think that um, this is going to be subjected to numerous suits. I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if there are hundreds, hundreds of suits mm-hmm. against the federal government for the imposition of this, because right. in many instances it's it's just not justified, and companies aren't going to uh, stand by when key employees uh, say, "I'm just not going to work here uh, mm-hmm. because of this." So. There, while some companies will take the party line because they would, they have to balance two things. They have to balance their relationship with the federal regulators. Some of them will be fearful mm-hmm. that the Biden administration, through its independent regulatory agencies, will retaliate if they if they aren't cooperative. And some will value as their their uh, 
CEOs may be uh, liberal or otherwise mm-hmm. predisposed to imposing the mandate, they may go ahead and do it anyway. But for every company that does this, there's going to be significant kickback. Um, and when you're talking about key employees who may you know, cause a disruption in the operation of the business by leaving or who uh, may be a part of a large group of people who are employed who are together willing to depart, you can see such things happening. You can envision circumstances where companies will lose the key employees, will then create competitive enterprises. Mm-hmm. So they've got to weigh all of that. And Biden has put, put them in this ultimate conundrum because he hasn't the courage to implement it directly. Right. Uh, and that would be horrible. But he's using a proxy and intimidating a proxy in order to do this. Yeah, with a lot of money attached, too. And so you're a, you're a business owner. And let's say your business relies heavily, let's say, on Medicare funding or something like this. So what if you ignore it? Do they have to then um, come in to try to do something, and then you've got a lawsuit, and so you wait until you can sue them? I mean, what, what, are people, what, what should people do, especially even just the person as an employee? Uh, they're mandated to do this. What, do, do you sue the company? Do you sue the feds? Do you sue them both? I mean, do you sue your state? What do you do as a person or a in person that owns instance, a business? In the first instance, the suits will be directed against OSHA. Okay. but. If companies implement these mandates, then they too would would probably be sued. But the the suits in the first instance will go against OSHA, and they will go against the administration, mm-hmm. um, and they will be brought by the states, by employers, by employees, uh, everyone who's affected. And notice that this is going to the administration is indicating this is going to come with a very hefty price tag. Fourteen thousand dollars of fines will be imposed for each violation of this mandate by a company. So every employee will cost them that that they don't terminate because they keep employed who's who's refusing to be vaccinated, $14,000 per employee. Wow. Wow. And if they don't pay it, um, I I, I am guessing that OSHA absolutely has no authority to do this, I would imagine. So you could sue OSHA, would you win? Over the fines? Well, um, it's all up to the courts, and because this is somewhat, uh, well, it's rather novel, I think it's hard to predict, but I do think that um, there are so many grounds for uh, finding that this is not a grave danger in the in an individual instance, mm-hmm. and that this is uh, not necessary to protect employees from such a danger, that is this particular method, that... Um, that you know, a court would have ample ammunition to decide against it, and the the precedent, as I said, is is largely against this use of an emergency temporary standard. So, in that respect, the administration is paddling upstream. I see. Um, yeah, so I think it'll be tough for them. Yeah, to absolutely. Survive. And the person would they be suing their place of work for discrimination? Would they be able to? To use that, yes, I, they, that yeah, talk about yes, that. Yes, if their if their if their employer follows the administration, sure, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. probably sue both the employer and OSHA. Right. Hmm. Well, I hope so. Um, I know that uh, uh, just just the fact that they're exempting whole vocations, um, Congress people, post office. I mean. 
honestly, this, like you said, Swiss cheese is a really good word for this because there's, it, it is, it is astounding that they would even put that forth for the people to understand that they are exempting whole groups of people from this. If this was truly a danger or health, I would imagine that all of the things that they're admitting to right now would work against them in a court of law to show that this is not something that is so contagious. We're all going to die in a, in a huge, horrible plague in minutes, right? Yeah, and I think that this is really a very cynical situation where the president has tried is trying very hard for uh, to pivot away from his Afghanistan disaster mm-hmm. and use this as a way to draw public attention away from that. At the same time, uh, uh, placate his uh, Democratic base because a majority of Democrats uh, have indicated in surveys that they prefer mandatory vaccination. However. Um, I think it'll backfire miserably because it's going to it's going to be a costly, long, drawn out uh, set of legal battles that the administration is likely to lose in various jurisdictions. Ultimately, it probably will go to the Supreme Court. Where it ends up there, I don't know, but I, I think there's ample uh, grounds to hold it unconstitutional, and there's also. Mm-hmm. ample grounds to find that it runs afoul of existing federal law. Okay, we're going to come uh, right back. If you can stay on, I actually have a question for you about um, exemptions and also about the fact of somebody having it. George, uh, the guy at, uh, professor at George Mason uh, University, the courts actually went in his favor for saying, I've had, uh, I've had COVID, I don't need your shot. And so we'll talk about that too. Be right back with Jonathan E. Mord. Be right back. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome back. I have just a few minutes with uh, Jonathan uh, Emord, who uh, wrote this fabulous book, by the way. And the book is called... Um, uh, the authoritarians, uh, their assault on individual liberty, the Constitution, and free enterprise from the 19th century to present. You might want to get a hold of this book. There's some just hugely valuable information in this book. Um, I also wanted to ask you real quick before I know you have to go. I want to talk just for a second about the equal protection component of the Fifth Amendment because uh, the George Washington, the George Mason University professor sued, said, "I have natural immunity. You can't force me to do anything." And the courts actually just sided with him uh, in his his favor uh, for his employment there at George Mason, and then also what you think about exemptions, Jonathan. Yeah, so if there's a legal distinction recognizable um, under the Fifth Amendment, as it is here, uh, there's a basis to argue that you've been denied equal protection of the law when the law actually punishes you for uh, your char- that, that characteristic that defines you. Here it's not an immutable characteristic, so it's not subject to strict scrutiny, but he was arguing that the rational basis test is not even satisfied because those who have immunity, um, uh, it's fulsome. It's 13 times that of the people who are vaccinated. So he should have not been required to be vaccinated, he said, and, and they agreed with him. Uh, they settled, actually, out of court. Um, and what was your second question? The second one is about exemptions. Do we fall into any kind of traps using those? I mean, do you see any? Potentially. Mm. Potentially, because uh, the administration's already hinted at um, using some sort of a method of screening the exemptions to determine whether it will consider them valid or not. Ooh. They're going to run into big trouble when they do okay. that, because they're going, when they start second-guessing medical authorities about the prudence of someone being vaccinated or they start second guessing people based on mm-hmm. their religious uh, right. scruples against it. 
that would be the the way it is. Thank you, Jonathan. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Really appreciate you coming on. Jonathan Emerd. And uh, the book is The Authoritarians, The Assault on Individual Liberty, The Constitution and Free Enterprise from the 19th Century to Present. And what an important book. I know a lot of you are struggling right now with what are you going to do? A lot of employers um, have uh, contacted me with those same questions. And of course, a lot of people are wondering what to do in their workplace. They're walking away. Do I get fired? Then then can I take that case, you know, uh, somewhere or do I just walk? Uh, Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Uh, yes, I want to make an easier, much more solid case that it's unconstitutional than Jonathan made, and I wish I had a ch- chance to talk to him. Uh, he cited a bunch of uh, statute laws. He cited the uh, American Disability Act, Title mm-hmm. uh, Seven. He cited uh, provisions in the OSHA law, mm-hmm. uh, the grave, uh, it's got to be a grave danger, and so forth. According to the founders, I'm talking Jefferson, Madison, Hamilton, that is all, uh, those are all nullified because they are unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. The only thing, the argument on this is very simple and it's much stronger than his argument. It's the Tenth Amendment and the uh, first line of the, dec- of the Constitution. He mentioned that, he was right about that. First line says, or he, he referred to it in the second uh, Article 2, is that all legislative power resides in Congress. So right there, it's obviously unconstitutional. But the Tenth Amendment is even stronger. There is no place, uh, for those who don't know the Tenth Amendment, it says all powers uh, delegated to the federal, uh, federal government or to the United States, I mean the federal government, are uh, thick, are defined, are, del- mm-hmm. are in this document, I don't have it in front of me, mm-hmm. that if it's not stated here, those powers right. reside with the individual, the people, or the states. Right. There is no health or vaccination powers of the federal government anywhere. And I wanted to uh, challenge him on that. I think he probably would have agreed with that. Mm-hmm. So it's really important we cite everybody needs to learn the Tenth Amendment. It's now a life and death matter. Mm-hmm. Before it was paramount. All powers that are delegated to the federal government are, de- are stated, and he referenced it uh, briefly, but not in the right context, uh, are if they're not delegated to the federal government, they do not have them. And that's what we all need to be saying. And what's the consequence? It's not suit. It's nullification, state nullification by legislatures and personal nullification. If the, uh, the edict was you have to put your child on the uh, curve in the morning mm-hmm. to be slaughtered, your firstborn, right. uh, and, and uh, that was the law. No, it, you would nullify it because it's unconstitutional right. as a person. You don't have to wait for the state legislature. And I'm backing, I'm talking about what Jefferson and, and Madison said about this. This yeah. is what we need to do is cite the Constitution and forget about all these unconstitutional state, uh, uh, excuse me, statutes, because the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. All statutes, have, mm-hmm. according to the Constitution, have to be pursuant thereof or they're nullified. Thank you. Really appreciate the call. Great points. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. You're live. Hello? Hi, you're live. Go right ahead. Hey, Kate. I just wanted to let you know that the uh, post office said that they were going to follow Biden's uh, dictate. Mm. Uh, the vaccination thing. I read it this morning. Interesting. So. Okay. Well, that's yeah. interesting. All right. But Congress, Congress still going with the uh, pass, huh? Yeah, they are, and it's ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you right now, none of this stuff is going to hold up. Yeah. Zero chance. None of it. It's just, it's not legal. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't do it. And if they try to do it, people are going to go crazy. It's just yeah. not going to work. So I'm not, I'm not even concerned about the whole thing. 
Well, good. Anyways, you have a great night, okay? Thanks, you too. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, well, all right. So a couple of the things, uh, Jonathan had to go, but a couple of the things uh, that he was talking about were uh, the equal protection component of the Fifth Amendment. Uh, federal and non-federal employees who have immunity from prior infection may, may well sue under the equal prote- protection component of the Fifth, Fifth Amendment, arguing that there's no rational basis them to be coerced into a vaccination but i do i do like uh two callers ago saying you know it, it is uh it's very simple it's about the 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 liberty uh that we are afforded by god that's supposed to be shored up by our our government um they've been trying to steal it ever since um and they have successfully in a lot of in a lot of cases but this is a, a no-brainer as you go back to the supreme law of the land i get that the uh 10th amendment he was talking about jacobson versus massachusetts i know we've gone over this on the show and this was the authority to compel vaccination in a police power reserved to the states there's no comparable power delegated by the constitution to the federal government and none that permits the executive branch to compel employers to coerce employees into vaccination or weekly testing as a condition of employment. They have no grounds to do that. And Jacobson versus Massachusetts is passed around a lot, but just know that it was a case that was brought up um, about forced uh, smallpox vaccination. And the problem is, is that it, that wasn't what the case was actually about. He wasn't forcefully vaccinated. The courts, uh, it was a horrible case in the decision that was made by the uh, Supreme Court in their opinion. But it was about, he, w- he was given an option, pay $5 at the time, which is a lot of money, or get the vaccination. And he was fighting the five bucks. He had already decided he wasn't getting the vaccination. So the whole case was about the $5. But there are so many people out there that do not understand what the case was about. So they think back in 1905 that we had a forced vaccination for health, public health go through. That isn't the case at all. They made him pay the $5. And honestly, that was a horrible decision, not backed up by anything. They just decided to make him pay the five bucks. So it had, and he was never forcefully vaccinated. Um, and even now, they're not even giving an option, right? They're just saying you have to. No, of course not. And I, I'm, I agree with that last caller too. I, I don't know if it could ever go anywhere. I don't know that they could actually do what they're doing. There's going to be so many lawsuits from people. And if I could give a suggestion. Um, Do not give another dollar to any party. I don't know what is wrong with us as a people. Obviously, we're in this situation now because that has not helped us. The two parties aren't going to do a thing. Why do you think they're exempted? Both parties in Congress, in the Senate, exempted and their staffs from taking this horrible shot. If this was something about health, they would be, they at least stick with their own narrative. They would at least say if it's about public health, everyone had to be, right? They even fall on the sword on their own narrative because they can't shore it up because they keep doing those kinds of things like exempting Congress or exempting federal judges. Give me a break. I mean, if that isn't the biggest hole in this to tell you has nothing to do with health, I don't know what is. Um, But... You know, we have to uh, understand these cases that they keep saying um, are one way. When you read the case, you finally understand, even in Jacobson versus Massachusetts, that is not a case they can refer to. I mean, they can refer to it as a horrible decision that they came out and made him pay the $5. But, and coerce, you know, he had to pay it. But it, it isn't the case you're told about. And so it, 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 they're, they're saying forced vaccination. 
So if we start to understand and get educated on these things, uh, it'll really help us in, in conversations to help educate others as well. The anti-commandeering doctrine that he talked about, the separation of powers doctrine, the president's vaccine mandate exceeds the power of the executive under the Constitution. It invades the exclusive lawmaking province of the Congress of the United States. Thus, it violates the separation of powers doctrine. His mandate sweeping, not only affecting federal government employees, but all companies that employ 100 or more, or all employees of those companies. Do you guys realize that, that if this was about health, it wouldn't be 100 or more, right? Their own narrative, if it was about health, and they stuck to that, would be everyone. Not, not in this case, or in this case, but not this one. But not the, It has nothing to do with health. So it's unprecedented that he's that he's just making up all these rules and putting them into what he's considering law. And then for the first time, the president has used the executive power to impose a national mandate requiring medical treatment and testing. Yeah. With a fraudulent test that you could go into court and prove that it's fraudulent because Fauci himself said anything more than 25 magnifications or rotations of that horrible test is fraud. Fauci's saying it on tape this summer, last summer. I mean, this is asinine that that this is a test uh, geared up to 40 rotations and your medical community is silent about it. Anyway, uh, so there's that too. Um, And it it violates the separation of powers doctrine. um, And then, of course, federal laws. Um, You have everything from Americans with Disability Acts uh, to Title uh, to. the Title VII of the of the Equal Opportunity uh, Employment Act. I mean, you name it, right? So there's just so much here. There's just so much here. Um, hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Oh, turn the volume down. Whoops. There you go. You're live. Go right ahead. Uh, hi, Kate. Hi, you got about a minute. Uh, love all the information on your show. Thanks. Can you hear me okay? Yes, you're echoey a little bit, so turn the volume down, but you got it. Go for it. You got about okay. a minute. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of things, you know, Fauci is a, is a quack. Yeah. Well. But let me just say this. That's an insult to a duck. <laughs> okay. The other thing I just want to mention is everybody's heard this statement. If all else, follow the directions. Well, the directions are the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when things get so bad in what, are, what all of our political people should do, Mm-hmm is just start following the Constitution again. I don't know what it's going to take to get him to go back to that, but that is sure what we need. Anyway, thank you for all you do. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Um, I I really do. I I love what I do. Uh, You can help out the show. You can um, get yourself healthy by going to Balance of Nature, uh, getting those phytonutrients every day. Uh, Then I at least know that you're shoring up your immune system. It's also helping the show, too. And then uh, helping me stay on the air because I am private. Yeah, I am a private show, which is unheard of in this day and age uh, to be live on the radio and be a, a privately owned show. So um, I thank you for your support, uh, for your encouragement. And uh, and truly, uh, you know, we're not told what to say here. And 
that's the one thing I love. It reminds me every day that I'm an American because uh, free speech is alive and well. And I thank you for your support. That's why I say go to my pillow. You're going to even get something for that support. Go to Balance of Nature. Then I know you have wonderful products. I also know that you're getting the best deal on them. Then I also know you're getting healthy. Um, but thank you to the sponsors of this show. And I really, really appreciate it because we're in trouble. We're in trouble. You feel it. You know it. I do. And uh, we have to be educated and creative. Those are the two things we have got to get really good at. And uh, I'll talk about dark winter tomorrow because I knew I was running out of time today. But I want to talk about dark winter. Biden um, promised a dark winter. And I remember Trump saying there'll be no dark winter. So what were they talking about in code? Well, there was a, 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 proje- a project that they did, um, like a drill called dark winter. And it was all about releasing smallpox. And then it went through all the ways they would violate civil liberties. And I want to talk about that because you have to know how they how they plan things, how they, how they do things so that we can shore ourselves up um, when these things are happening, just like right now. You know, we have, got, we have, have to have the ability to shore ourselves up, so we have to understand what they're doing and they're, they're, how they're doing it in order to stop that. So I'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. Mary Fanning on the show this week and uh, Dr. Carrie Madaj next week, what she found on the slide of the vaccine will scare the hell out of you. And um, Dr. David Martin coming up. I mean, we have all kinds of wonderful uh, guests coming on the show as well. So really informative, wonderful uh, guests. Anyway, be faithful, be fearless. Uh, If you want to know why I say that at the end of every show, you can go to my website and you can check out that story. And of course, uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. And go to SoundCloud, get the podcast and share it. Thanks so much for all your support and love. And I really appreciate you guys. See you tomorrow.